folks, you know we always get the Baltimore celebrities. Come on, you know this is no picks of dark podcast. We're going to get everybody the best of the best, Baltimore's best. And we are in this beautiful building right now. And this building is just amazing, but the people in it are what make it. And what they're doing in the Baltimore, greater Maryland community, central Maryland community is amazing. The next voice you will hear is Mr. Franklin Baker. Do you know who he is? Oh, we're about to find out. You're going to find out who this guy is. He's doing some big things. The company he works with, they're doing amazing things. And you guys are going to learn more about him. OpenWorks is Baltimore's largest makerspace, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welder and training in how to use them. OpenWorks also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun-free events throughout the year. But OpenWorks is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore works underscore bmore for class schedules, membership options, and more. Pandora's Box is a mod, vibrant, woman-owned, lifestyle boutique located in historic Federal Hill neighborhood of Baltimore, Maryland. Pandora's Box offers a unique selection of the latest trends, jewelry, gifts, home decor, and personal accessories. Their products are high quality, affordable price, and hand-picked with a sense of humor and authenticity, making them items that everyone can relate to. They are known for sourcing memorable and relevant keepsakes that allow customers to give from their hearts without the stress that comes with doing so. You can count on Pandora's Box to help you select and package the perfect gift. Visit Pandora's Box at 50 East Cross Street, Baltimore, Maryland, 21230. Website, pandorasboxboutique.com. All social media handles at Shop Pandora's Box Boutique. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-watering cuisine from falafels to scallops and everyone's favorites, honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m., Tuesday through Saturday, and for brunch, Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store, and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Welcome to the No Picks in the Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. I told you guys we got celebrities in the house. We have the CEO and president. I had to, you know, go through 
checks. You get up here to talk to him today. <laughs> Mr. Franklin Baker, United Way, Central Maryland. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, Aaron. How are you? Oh, man, it's a pleasure, man, to be here with you today. Thank you so much for having us in your this is beautiful building. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. So, you know, we're here and we're going to talk about a lot of things that United Way does. We're going to talk a lot about it. Let's talk about you for the first couple minutes so people know who you are. Are you originally from Maryland? No, actually. I'm from San Bernardino, California. Oh. I grew up there and came here to attend Howard University in the uh, early 80s. I was, uh, I should say, mid-80s. And I studied business and graduated from there in the early 90s and decided to stay on the East Coast after graduation. And so I married with the daughter and been in the East Coast for over 30 years. So just really focused a lot on impacting communities, really standing up residents to make sure they're empowered. So a lot of my work over these last 30 years has been in the nonprofit space and has been working with neighborhoods and working with communities, um, working on impact, right? And then for fun, I, I love swimming. I, I, I love reading fictional books. I love um, involving in community work as well, uh, lots of different committees in the neighborhood, trying to build up the neighborhood locally. Um, but I also like traveling, and so we, we do a lot of uh, uh, traveling as well. So, But what drives me most is impact, Aaron. That's, that's the bottom line for me. I've had many opportunities to do for-profit work, but it's always come back to purpose and your reason for being here on Earth, and I'm just a very purpose-driven person. Now, when people tell me that, there's always something in the past that, <laughs> driven them, that has driven them to this point. You know, some people are entrepreneurs, and they have family members who are entrepreneurs they remember growing up. What about you? Was there a family member that was just really impactful for you that you remember, or a friend or a colleague that had you go to, where you're impact-driven about community, yeah, the, things the, that The straight you. answer is my dad. Okay. Uh, my dad was a person who part-time minister and a part-time truck, a full-time truck driver, part-time minister, right? So a lot of his, the monies he would get from his parishioners, I would, I remember like yesterday, him reaching into his pocket after the service and giving it to those who were in need as a part of the parishioner base, mm. right? Because to him, yeah, I could probably use this for my family. We had a large family, five kids, but these people needed more. So I remember that as a teenager, as a youngster, seeing that modeled in front of us. He was very consistent with that, sometimes to the chagrin of my mom, I love <laughs> as it. you can I love imagine. But it. this notion of giving back started, I think, with my dad. And then I had other family members that were really into community service and volunteering. So Now, and I always ask every person this, CEO to whoever it may be, yeah. what is your fondest or favorite childhood memory growing up? I think it was watching my uncle, who was really a great hustler, um, taking me and some of my siblings on trips of handing out distributing papers to the community, mowing lawns. So I remember very vividly uh, being an action-oriented person at the youngest of ages, but also being involved in a lot of sports. So using talent in different ways, but being industrious, being a, a doer, that was something that I remember very vividly. There was no wasted moments in the Baker household mm -hmm. and the broader uh, and large family. It was really about action and service and helping others, but also having fun. Uh, going to parks and 
doing a lot of activity. So it seems like we got the right person in the right place. And I was like, I, mean, I hope so. We just built it up. <laughs> so when did you start here at United Way? When did you start? So I started here? November of 2016. So just about six years. Okay. Uh, in this role. And did you ever think you would be working at United Way? Did you ever think I that? I did not, actually. I mean, even though several of the roles, the nonprofit roles that I've served in, we work with United Way, either seeking funding or trying to partner in some way. But I never really pictured myself being a leader at United Way. So it's very interesting how this full circle moment for me. Yeah. And before we get into the meat of everything, I always, COVID, what did you learn about yourself during COVID, running a company like this? What did you learn about yourself just internally? Like, at, what is like now? What do you? Yeah, I think the biggest sort of aha moment for me during COVID was um, how much patience I actually have. I thought I had patience. But going through some of the, the circumstances we faced, uh, it was very clear to me that having a, a dose, healthy dose of patience is helpful because whenever we would have lots of um, opportunities to learn more about the issues, you would dig deeper and dig deeper, and it's a big hole. You know, lots of people in need, as we all know, yeah. right? And so, so just commissioning of resources, trying to allocate um, your time to what's needed most, um, and then being surprised by new data or being moved in, an, in a space where you really weren't planning at the beginning of the year to enter into. Mm -hmm. So just having patience to just work with the process, just go with the flow, um, to just move in a direction, I think, that s essentially matches with who we are as, a, as an organization. We provide what's needed where it's needed, right? So we, we try to remain at the sort of the intersection of what's needed most and what we do best. So I think I learned that about myself personally as well, is being agile, being flexible, but also being responsive you know, to someone saying, hey, I know United Way, that may not be your critical focus, or Franklin, this may not be your, your area of interest, but we need, we need you guys to step in and to, to provide the support. And so I think I've learned that about myself as well. And I will tell you, you know, I did my due diligence and research, yeah. and that all, every, every employee, they love working here. They love being a part of family, and they really love being a part of community. And it just shows, you know, just even when I post something about United Way, they, people will just reach out to me and say, wow, did you see that? Do you see what they're doing on TV? Do you see that? And you guys are really making a really big impact. And I'm happy, and I said, I'm honored to be here today to talk with you. And really, that's what we're going to get into. We're going to get into the meat of United yes. Way. Learn out what, like, what, what does United Way do? Do you, do you got only just donations? What else yeah. do you guys have going on behind <laughs> the scenes? That maybe we can, today, we're going to peek behind the curtain a little bit, as I always say. And we're going to get into the meat of it and find out what is really United Way to Maryland doing. And we'll find out. So, folks, we'll be right back after these messages, and we'll talk to Mr. Franklin, and we're going to find out a little bit more about United Way. When you give to United Way, your gift could be the first spark of something bigger. It can help provide nutritious food for a family in need. Because eating healthy shouldn't be a luxury. It can help someone with housing challenges and be a catalyst for a new beginning. Because a safe space to call home is the foundation for building a better future. Give today. Spark something bigger. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. 
Visit Six Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m., or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com, and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Carver Communications, where we turn water into wine. What do successful companies like Nike and Microsoft have in common? They all have full-service public relations departments that fuel every aspect of their business. Bill Gates has repeatedly said, if I had one last dollar, I would spend it on PR. Smart business owners and executives understand that to grow their businesses and their brands, they need PR. That's where Carver PR comes in. Carver PR is one of the most premier PR agencies located in Washington, D.C. They handle media relations, marketing, branding, corporate strategy, and crisis. With 25 years in the communication field, they are well-versed in every area of business you can imagine. Political, entertainment, corporate, and nonprofit communications. Go to their website and check them out, therealcarver.com. Or reach out to them now at therealcarver at gmail.com. All right. Folks, we are back. It was so exciting. I told you, this, this, this guy's a celebrity. I'm sweating a little bit right now. I mean, he's hitting us with jewels and gems already about his life growing up from California to the East Coast. We'll talk a little bit about the West Coast a little bit later on. <laughs> but um, thank you so much, Mr. Franklin Baker, for showing up, hanging out with me, and talking about United Way Central Maryland. So... When I think about the United Way, I think about giving. I think about every year, if I go to a grocery store, it's on there. I give, donate one, two, or other. I think sometimes the misconception is that's all it is. It's a donation. That's all you do. Holiday time, you see it. Tell us a little bit more. What is? I know I've got a little bit more meat in the bone than that. Yeah, and so, Aaron, it's really funny you ask that question because we often are posed with that question. And the United Way of today is not your grandmother's or your great-grandmother's United. Okay, 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 making sure. Because we all think of, as you just said, we all think of United Way as primarily a funding uh, organization where you're essentially asking people in the workplace and different companies to pony up and give generously to support other nonprofits in the community, right? Right. So we're basically running fundraising drives all throughout the year. Um, That was the United Way of old, if you will. Mm -hmm. But now we are really much more focused. We do a lot of that work still. But we're much more focused now on creating impact with residents in neighborhoods. And really what centers our work is deep listening mm. to the residents, the people who are in position where they have some level of resource, they have some level of assets, but it's nice for an entity like United Way to come in and say, um, how can we take advantage of the assets you have? How do we actually point you in a direction where there are more resources available, some more tools available? And how do we like magnify your voice, right? Because mm. your voice is powerful. And how do we connect the, help you to connect dots, right? So that has been really at the base of what we've been doing for the last uh, several years is trying to uh, get people to understand that, yes, we are a convener. Yes, we are a catalyst for change. And yes, we are a fundraiser. Uh, and yes, we do give out funds, right? but we really are about impact. Mm. So for us, when I think about our aspirational vision, it's really powerful. It's like happy, thriving communities where all people live their best life. 
but live their best life on their own terms, mm. right? So I have no ability to superimpose on you what you should be when you grow up, right? Or what your aspirational goals are. It is really working with them to give them all the resources and tools, right, and voice so they can live their own life. There's a word terms. you keep on using. Yeah. And I like this word, and I like the impact. I like that. That's like this, you're making a change, you're making a, I like that. Where did that impact? Where did you, I like that word. Yeah, well, United Way Worldwide, uh, probably back in the early, say, 2010, 2009, mm -hmm. they started talking about this sense of collective impact. Okay. So, again, this notion around the country around taking in dollars from people who want to give towards United Way, who will then impact the community by giving to the nonprofits. Right. And then collectively saying on those key issues that matter, education, housing, health, um, where can we give um, this lift to these nonprofits so we can mm -hmm. drive impact in a collective sense. So that's where that term really came from. But we have taken that impact sense to a deeper level here at United Way of Central Maryland because we're now driving things like a United Way neighborhood zones right. as a strategy, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's a, it's a really phenomenal strategy because it says we don't want to just go wide, meaning covering a lot of area in Central Maryland, which is Baltimore City and the five surrounding counties, we want to really go not just sort of wide, but most importantly, deep. Mm. So wherever we place our foot, we want to be really deeply involved in impacting that particular uh, set of neighborhoods or that, that area. So our first one is uh, we have three locations. We have one in South Baltimore, Brooklyn Curtis Bay Area. We have one in West Baltimore and one in Columbia, Maryland. Each of them are similar, but have a lot of differences, right? Because they're customized. Right. They're built on listening to community. And so they have many different services, you know, from educational support, help people to graduate, for housing support, you know, so they stay in their homes, food insecurity, uh, digital divide work, so they have Wi-Fi that's free, accessible. Then each one of them have what we call a hub or flagship as a part of this neighborhood zone, which is a family center. So it offers childcare and early mm -hmm. childhood development for, in two locations, students who are parenting students, and one location, people who we call Alice. Their assets are limited, their income is constrained, but they're employed. So how do we make sure we have free, quality uh, child care, or in the case of the Alice moms and dads, affordable child care for those who are in that community who really want to make sure they can send their eight-week-old child up to four-year-old child through a program that it will set them up very nicely for success, preschool, elementary, and on through college. So much of our work, to be honest, Aaron, is sort of, a, you've heard this saying before, is truly cradle to career. Mm. It covers that continuum very well here at United Way. So that's the sort of high level of the United Way neighborhood zones as a strategy. It's very comprehensive. There's so many pieces that are so helpful, like helping people to secure jobs. For people who are trying to graduate from high school, they don't want to go directly into college. They want to be gainfully employed. How do we best equip them to ensure they have all the options and resources at their fingertips? So talk us about the change maker challenge. Tell me a little about that. Yeah, I mean, it is such an exciting opportunity. Um, we, we, many of us have heard about like Shark Tank right. on TV. Right. But for us, this is less about competition. There's a little bit of competition, but it's more about breaking down barriers of inequity, right? Mm -hmm. So giving uh, people that are in communities that are running different nonprofits an opportunity to showcase the impact, is that word again, the impact <laughs> they're making in their local community, mm -hmm. 
but doing it at a, in a, in a clip where they're professionalizing even to a higher level with our support, um, their level of voice, message, and the drawing out the impact they're already having, but taking it to another level, right? Mm. So we had $500,000 this past year for the, for the Changemaker Challenge wow. last year, and there are about 25 or so winners. Um, one of the winners you may have heard of, Aaron, uh, Araba Mays, who mm -hmm. had a, a reading project. She was featured on Good Morning America, mm -hmm. did a fabulous job, and she's helping to really make a difference for a lot of students in Baltimore. Um, it is just an exciting project. We're going to be doing it every other year. Started in 2017. We'll continue to do every other year okay. uh, in the future. But just taking a nice tranche of money and making it available for people who are making impact but help their impact to be enlarged, you know. Got you. So now, the does neighborhood grants, does that fall along with that also? It's a different program. Okay. Um, this is our third year of offering our neighborhood grants. Again, it's about $500,000. This past year, we were able to award 49 uh, companies and nonprofit organizations where, they, this is the key, where their revenue is under $500,000 a year, mm. right? And many of them are BIPOC. You know, they're black, indigenous, people of color led mm. organizations. Not having all the access to resources, to the funding opportunities, right? Not necessarily able to rub shoulders with the power brokers as maybe the other larger population. So mainly trying to focus on those who need the help, somewhere between $2,500 to $10,000 in funding out of this uh, program, neighborhood grants program, but really making sure that they're zero, like zeroing in on impact. And like one of our uh, winners, I Am Mentality, right? Yes. Uh, they uh, are a phenomenal organization. Um, they were focused on getting young black boys in Baltimore City, right, to focus on beautification projects. Mm. Um, they also use some emotional um, support, right, and mental support for some of the folks in that community. They also just happen to be our featured uh, partner in our new program we're starting up called Young Men United. It's a oh, wow. program that's gonna do some really good work in the space of educational equity, but also workforce development for a lot of companies who want to hire young men of color in our community so they can actually increase the number of folks who are diverse in their companies. So we'll be helping hundreds over the next several years, hundreds of young men of color to go from 10th grade through the workforce or through college with a host of supports. So I am Mentality, who was an awardee, right, mm -hmm. of the neighborhood grants, also were put in a position to, to vie for being the lead provider for our Young Men United Services. You know that, you, now you got me another show idea. Now you you got to spend, <laughs> you, I mean, right now you're dropping lots of jewels of gems. If I had a pen right now, I'd be writing it down. But I got to record it, so I know people out there are definitely recording, figuring out what, because I, I mean, you're saying some things that I'm really want to be invested in and help out. You know, how we can help with the podcast or learn how to do microphones or do a camera setup, things like that. And that's what it's about giving back, for me, giving back to the community. I'm fortunate enough. How can I do it? And those are the type of things that I'm doing every day in the community. So let's change a little bit about, let's talk about diversity. Yeah. You, you have like data and diversity foundation. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the bottom line statement I'll make, Aaron, is that everything we do here at United Central Maryland is undergirded um, by the principles of equity, diversity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that we as an employer are one who's known over time or not only being a learning organization, hence the data that I'll talk about in a second, but also being one who really prioritizes 
making sure people have equitable access. Mm -hmm. We want to be promoting equity, right? We want to be advancing opportunities, and we want to be improving lives in the process. So, so a lot of that requires being focused on data. Like we have so many data points that I would share, like the ALICE report I mentioned earlier. Yeah, the ALICE you know, report. report is available. We'll have the new report coming out in 2023. It really undergirds everything we do here at United Way. We have like 34 different programs. Wow. I only share with you just a few today. Um, but it is important because the ALICE report has reports that are very specific on children, on disabilities. We did a COVID-19 survey as well, uh, focused on ALICE again. But we also really want to just emphasize to your listeners and your viewers, Aaron, that diversity is very, very important, right? Um, at United Way, when I started, let's go back to the beginning of the conversation, when I started November of 2016, in terms of the board representation, and many of your viewers will appreciate this, uh, we had about 23% of our board were people of color. So let's fast forward six years now, the numbers are 25% swing. So we now have 48% of our board that are people of color. Wow. Staffing, very similar dynamic, almost an identical swing, 25% swing from when I walked in the door, the actual staff that were persons of color, literally almost 60% um, that are now people of color in 2022. Wow. Um, when I think about women, you know, there's a 10% swing from when I started till now. So we really focus a lot on diversity, inclusion. We've got equity, diversity, and inclusion committee on our board that wasn't there when I started. We also have tons of work, and a lot of my team members here can appreciate the lot of work we're doing in this equity, diversity, and inclusion space in United Way of Central Maryland. Wow. So we take that seriously. It is because there's not just, it's not just the right thing to do. It's actually some literature, white papers. It's a strong business imperative. Any organization that's focused on equity, diversity, and inclusion I guarantee you there's a lot of those companies that also have business gains. We've increased our revenue, we've increased, increased the number of people we serve, number of volunteers engaged. I really believe, Aaron, if you ask me, it's because of hyperfixation, equity, diversity, and inclusion. I love it, I love it, you know, because that's the new word, everybody's doing it, but you guys are walking yeah. and walk, talking and talking. Yeah. That's really appreciate what you're talking about. I, I like hearing about that. So, you know, You've done like the diversity, equity, inclusion. Yeah. I mean, what would you want people to walk away from this interview learning about United Way? What, would you want, what do you want them saying and what you're coming from here? What do you want them to think about? I just think we're a place, we have a lot of membership groups where people are tied to different workplaces. Um, we have people who are on other sort of parts of our business that volunteer. We just want people to know that um, if you come work with United Way, first you'll learn, you'll feel appreciated and valued. Um, if you contribute your time, you'll be experiencing a volunteer opportunity that's well organized. People really care, so they're thoughtful. They plan, mm -hmm. right? We don't we don't just send you to an opportunity to volunteer and everything is helter skelter. I mean, it's very well thought through. But then you'll also realize that it's important to give back. It's important to pay it forward, and you can do that again through time, talent, and treasure. But we also want to make sure people realize that. We've been doing this for almost 100 years. Mm. So any organization that's been doing their work for nearly 100 years, they know a little something about how things should work, but we're focused on excellence. Love it. We, we, we run an organization here that people, yeah, it's a lot of work and we're doing really good stuff, but excellence is really expected here because why? When you excel at anything, you're doing an optimum work for the person you're trying to support or person you're trying to help, right? 
So everything we do from creating a white papers, you know, to ROI studies, to cases for why government agencies should incorporate this in their, their uh, materials, why a funder like a foundation should fund that work. We really are thinking about like, how do we just take everything we're doing to the next level of performance? Why? So we can optimally impact the community. I like that. Right? That's really important to us here at United Way. And um, so I'm proud of it. Um, I'm, I'm just hopeful that many people who are watching this will see that the United Way that you may have thought about, start watching this, not the United Way that is happening today. I like that. And anything going to holiday time that we can should know about, because this will be coming out right before Thanksgiving, and we're going to roll right into Christmas, so how, all the holidays. Anything that we should know about that's highlighted coming up for you guys? Yeah, we have all of these pop-up sh uh, shop opportunities. We have opportunities for people to give back and to support a family, okay. to adopt a family in some ways. I would really just drive people to our website, honestly, mm -hmm. because we have so many things posted there. It's uwcm.org. And you can literally go to all of our handles, you know, from uh, Facebook to Instagram to YouTube. Um, you'll see that all on our website. Yeah, I will tell you, I was with my mom the other day, and she was like, "Aren't you about to go 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 you know, interview that guy?" His, you know, I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then it's talking about the people moving into the, the house. Talk a little bit about that. I saw that on TV. Yeah. My mom and I were sitting there watching. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, you know, you know, I don't even watch TV like that. She watches. She's like, you bought the interview with that company. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so for, tell us a little yeah, about that. That's one of the programs. And for several years, we've been sponsoring. We work with uh, uh, Healthcare for the Homeless right. and Episcopal uh, Church to really um, put people in a position where our way, it was called the Way Home Project. Mm -hmm. People who were formerly homeless mm. are now in a position where they can have access to permanent supportive housing in a very new, really, really welcoming environment. And we work with volunteers to really raise the monies needed to provide all of the different things they'll need in their new apartment before they move in, right? So from rugs to TV to dishes, right, to everything you can imagine would be nice to have in your apartment before you're moving in. So the volunteers raise the money, they go to Target, mm. they pick out the items, they load it in the truck, they deliver it, and then they all work in a coordinated way to make sure that each apartment is well outfitted, personal notes are left. Such a blessing, we've been doing this for several years now, and usually it's about 35 individuals at a time. We do it once per year, mm -hmm. 35 individuals who have the benefit of moving into a new place being formerly homeless, mm. moving to a new place that's been made warm. And we talk about like three categories of, of uh, health, housing, right, mm -hmm. but also home. Mm. So the project is, yes, helping them on the health front because they have a lot of case work that's happening for them, helping them being in a room that's housing. Either way, our volunteers are helping them to have not just a house, but a home, personal, that's warm, a lot of love, right? And I, I would just say, you know, there are different business sectors. Um, we are, yes, a nonprofit, but I think we also, in some ways, are in the love business, right? Mm. A lot of our employees are motivated by our mission, and by our values and principles. A lot of them feel like the work I'm doing is giving love to the people in our communities. And just so you know, we, when I started, we were supporting about 5,000 people per year in the Central Maryland region. With all of our numbers of programs now and the 211 helpline and everything that's available, we're serving around 30,000 people a year. Wow. You know? So it is every one of our 200 and some odd employees and the thousands of volunteers that work in companies all throughout our region 
that are helping us to help those 30,000 people live their best life. And I'm just excited to be a part of that. I really am. I don't need to say any more. I mean, you, you, you're about to have me tear up right now. <laughs> you, are you sure you weren't in the pulpit once upon a time? Uh, I, I do do some. Okay, all right, because you, 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 you got all to have me tear up because that's what it's all about. And, I, and that's what the podcast is about, positivity. And that's what that, and I'm so happy that we're working with you guys. I want you to get the message out and whatever way I can do on my end, because that's what it's all about. And I just love hearing these positive stories and when things that people are doing, amazing things. You, you guys are doing the work. And that's what it's all about. And people, right for the holiday time, people really need to hear that. And that was just really just comforting that to hear that. And my mom's so excited about it. So it was just really just exciting to hear. I would about, like to meet your mom. Oh, please point. do. Please Even do. Even if it's over Zoom, I'd love to meet please her. Please do. Yeah. Dude, I might bring her macaroni and cheese down here for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mom, going to make yeah. some food. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate your time. Um, I know, you know, we've just, I'm happy to be down here. But you got all the easy questions up. We got hard questions for you. All right. Got hard questions <laughs> here for we you, go. okay? <laughs> all right. So now this is a Baltimore thing snowball or ice cream? Snowball. Okay, all right, all right, all right. We, we good, all right, all right, all right. So, favorite Super Bowl halftime show? Um, I'd have to, it's a toss, it's a toss up, but I probably would have to say Beyonce. Okay, who, who, who was the other, who was the other one you think? Ah, uh, it's a toss up. Um, I'll leave you, I'll let you think yeah, about I'll it. Let I'm, you a, think I'm about a, a Prince guy. I have guy. like several of them and I'm trying to. I'm a Prince guy, because Prince, it ran during Purple yeah. Rain. Yeah, he did a good job. So, he did. Uh, job. <laughs> <laughs> he did uh, so, I get that. So, now, you, you, don't, you don't eat crab, so it's all right, though. Your favorite fish to eat? If you cod. Cod. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Favorite vacation spot? Um, just outside of Cancun, Mexico. Okay. Riviera Maya is the specific place. Okay. Yeah. If you had one concert to go to right now, who, what music concert would you go to? Uh, probably Kim. Okay. All right. If I hop in your car, what would be the first song that plays? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, you got to get the hard questions. <laughs> That's a good question. Oh, my. I don't I have no idea because I play so many different types it's of songs. All right. it's all right. <laughs> and what is the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I ever received was run hard, but remember to slow down. Hmm. We dropped it right there. We don't need to talk anymore. Find, where can we find online? What's the website? Yes, www.uwcm.org, and you'll find all of our handles on our website. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Aaron. This is awesome. Hopefully, your listeners have a deeper insight of United Way, what we stand for, the impact we're making. And so, thank you for this opportunity. Folks, thank you so much, sir. Love, peace. Baltimore Fiscal Partners is a boutique CPA firm specializing in accounting and consulting services for nonprofits, small businesses, and with experience running nonprofits and small businesses, they know that there's not always enough time at the end of the day for you to focus on your finances, whether it's monthly bookkeeping or an annual audit, tax preparation, or consulting, nonprofit or small business. Baltimore Fiscal Partners provides full range or tailored solutions that keep your goals and budget in mind. Learn more about Baltimore Fiscal Partners online at BaltimoreFiscal.com or follow them at Baltimore Fiscal on Facebook and Instagram.